Oh, hey, Frank, the something cinematic friendly robot. How are you? What are you doing? Nothing, just about to record an intro for this week's show before I edit it. What's wrong? Why the long face? Some little Philly break your heart. No, I'm just sad. Why? Because I need people to subscribe to our show on our website and on iTunes and to leave us a review. Oh, that's nothing to be sad about. I'll tell you what, I'll just post this conversation before the show so everyone would know to subscribe on the site and iTunes and to leave us a review. How does that sound? Thank you. That makes me happy. Okay, good. So, you're recording right now? Yes, I am. How do I sound? <laughs> you sound great, Frank, the something cinematic friendly robot. You sound great. Hello everyone and welcome back to Something Cinematic, the movie and television podcast where we talk about what we've been watching in the world of movie and television. This is episode number... 40. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and we're going to talk about um, Jurassic World um, before we get started. Once again, I'm George Lopez and I'm here with my co-host, Mike Gonzalez. How you doing? And we have a very special guest with us, the very talented Mr. Jason... Dykler. Dykler, that's right. <laughs> also known as DJ Intel. All right, uh, thanks Hello. for being here, man. Thanks Appreciate for having me. You. Yeah, we've been trying to get this episode going for a couple months now. Yes. Uh, finally, you know, our schedule is aligned. It's been and... a fury road to get here. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a fury road. Um, yeah, unfortunately, we're, uh, our original plan was to discuss uh, Mad Max Fury Road. Um, we were all really big fans about it. I guess just to sum it up, since we're not going to talk about it, since it's a little outdated. Really bringing them behind the curtain here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's a little, you know, it's a little outdated now, according to Mike. Um, so <laughs> it was awesome. It's if, still good. If, if you haven't yeah. seen it, go see it for a fifth or sixth time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've seen it a couple of times already. Uh-huh. Uh, still awesome every time. Yeah. Um, but we're going to talk about Jurassic World this time around. Um, uh, but before we actually get into it, we want to talk to Jason a little. Um, he he uh, is a cinematographer, among other things. Um, so we just want to pick your brain a little bit about cool. uh, what you do. You pick know, away. And, yeah. So uh, so for a lot of people, they're not too familiar with uh, cin- cinematographer's role in you know in in movies and television and anything. Uh, what, what how would you describe it? Uh, uh, the, the simple answer I always say is I push the button that goes make things go record. <laughs> <laughs> That's the the simple simple answer. Um, I help in uh, setting up camera movements and lighting and just pick lenses and work with the director pretty closely and like his ultimate view of the vision and how he wants to translate his vision to the screen. So mm-hmm. I do all the the camera side of that stuff. Cool. I've heard it described as. Uh, as getting the trying to get the director's vision, what's in his head on the film? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. The look that he wants and yeah, what and she then, wants. Yeah, yeah. And then it sounds like a, it's very tough. Then, right? Is there ever? Did you have you ever had problems with, you know, uh, with a director or anything? I've never had any. I've worked with some amazing directors that we've never really had any sort of like butting heads kind of things. But it's mm-hmm. definitely there's been some like under the gun like we only have this much light left in the day or like this much uh, time for this actor like trying to get like just cramming things in to make a day yeah. that can get a little hectic for sure but like no I don't really have any crazy crazy story oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's good that's well, good who is the yeah. worst person you've ever <laughs> <had>? <laughs> uh, yeah but like what are some of the things that people might have seen that you've, you've worked on um, I've done some pretty decent sized uh, music videos it's probably like my most most widely seen things mm-hmm. I just did a video for this uh, R&B singer named Avery Sunshine, and we were just up for uh, a BET award this past weekend. Nice. We did not win Bruno Mars, or I think Bruno Mars, or Mark, someone, Mark Ronson, or one of those guys beat us out, but uh, yeah. it's cool to be nominated. We were like yeah. five out of like a bunch of videos that came out last year, and we were, we were the number one most played video on VH1 Soul, I guess, last really? year. Really? Wow. Yeah, yeah that's so awesome. that's pretty cool. Um, I did a video with uh, the Wu-Tang Clan for... Uh, the Shaolin Swords album two years ago, and then a video for Tribe Called Quest last year. So, yeah. I saw that one. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That so was, it's been some fun really, stuff. And then really I've done 
three, four feature films. They're all kind of indie. Mm -hmm. I think two of them you can watch on YouTube right now for like pay YouTube money. You can watch it. One's called Farewell to Darkness, mm -hmm. and the other one is called uh, Redemption. And I think that one just went up there. It's about to go up there. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Cool. So yeah, well, definitely. Actually, I put some you know links. I'm on IMDb. Up. You can look for me if you want to. <laughs> yeah, cool. Yeah, I'll put I I'll put the links up in our a website. Oh, sure. For yeah. this too, for that. Um. So yeah, that'd be that'd be pretty cool. Cool. But I actually did check out the one with a tribe called Quest. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that was a really uh really cool. Uh, I didn't know you worked with Wu Tang though. I didn't know. Yeah, yeah that was fun. Yeah, I got to work with uh, Raekwon. It was like it's like a half animated, half live action. Oh man, I gotta it's, check that it's out. It's pretty cool. Now. I mean, yeah. that was like my youth Wu Tang Clan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, so it was, uh, I got to sleep on Raekwon's couch, which was an interesting experience. <laughs> that was fun. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it was really, really cool. Nice, nice. Uh, so, like, when you watch movies, do you watch them with a, more of, like, a critical eye when it comes down to... I try to turn off that part of my brain yeah. and, like, enjoy a movie. Yeah. It's, it, which is hard to do sometimes, but yeah. that's what I try to do. But I definitely will watch something and be like, wow, that is amazing. Like, how did they do that? Like, mm -hmm. watching, like... Best Mad Max, of course. Oh, <laughs> I'm like yeah. watching all these like crazy stunts and like, there's no way they did all that in one shot. Like that's just way too much. Like yeah. going on and like finally get to see like some of the individual scenes how they kind of matted things together. And I was like, oh, it's yeah. still amazing. <laughs> it was, I remember watching one not to get too much on Mad Max. Yeah. Just like there was the pre-digital effects and post, and it's really like a, a truck flipping through the air with flames. Yeah, yeah. Head, and then they added mountains in the back. Yeah, like, <laughs> like the truck was really there, but they just put mountains in the background to make it look more pretty. Like, <laughs> right. All right. Yeah. Way to go, George Miller. <laughs> right. He also directed oh, Happy Feet. Man. Oh, <laughs> I know. That's so insane. <laughs> Happy Feet? Yeah. Oh, my God. And they're both babes. Babe, oh. babe and babe picking the same thing. Wow. That's incredible. I, He's got I, range. That's, that's pretty amazing. Because, yeah. man, like, what I loved about Mad Max, I guess we're talking about it. Now. Um, no, but I, what I really loved about it is that they use a lot of practical effects. Yeah, too yeah. In, that's what I love about movie, it. Too. And that, I think that's what made it and made it made it seem like more, you know, very realistic and mm. kind of put you there. You know, like it made you feel like you were a part of the action yeah. that was taking place because it felt so real. And so, like, it seems it made it seem like the stakes were a lot higher because mm. of it. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the reasons why like, I yeah. love that movie to, so much. To tie it back into Jurassic World, yeah. I think this was the first Jurassic Park where they didn't use any any animatronic dinosaurs. Right. It was, really? all, it was all CG dinosaurs, this one. Yep, yep. So. Yeah, for sure. So I guess, yeah, that brings us to uh, Jurassic <laughs> World, right? Might as well, might as well think right into it. We have learned more in the past decade from genetics than a century of digging up bones. A whole new frontier has opened up. We have our first genetically modified hybrid. We just went and made a new dinosaur? Probably not a good idea. Almost 40 feet high. Really think she climbed out? Depends. On what? What kind of dinosaur they cooked up in that lab? Evacuate the island. She's a highly intelligent animal. She will kill anything that moves. Jurassic World. Before we actually talk about it, let's talk a little bit about the um, the first three movies. We were briefly talking about it before we started recording. It doesn't seem like any of us were fans of the second and third films. Um, mm. But but what did you guys think? Uh, I mean, about the first one, I guess. Uh, well, for me, the first one is one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah. Uh, that Jaws and Big Trouble in Little China are probably my big three. Right on. Yeah. yeah. So I, I felt like I, I have a tremendous amount of affection for that film. Mm -hmm. And of course, that's going to uh, color my view of this film. Mm -hmm. I've seen it about like like 20 times, maybe. I actually saw it right before I saw this last film. Mm -hmm. So uh, I have a pretty, I have a pretty strong deposition. Uh, 
I'm predisposed towards liking yeah. the properties, even though I kind of just forgot the second and third movies. Yeah, yeah. I was right. trying to remember, like, before I was getting ready to this, I was trying to remember, like, the second and third one, they just kind of blur together. And, like, <laughs> yeah. 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 But yeah, the first one, I did, like, I've, I've, I've seen all of them in the theater, so I'm going to just get mm-hmm. that all the way. So, like, I'm, I'm a oh, fan no. of, the, of, the, of the franchise for sure. Mm-hmm. But the first one definitely stands out the most and, like, has yeah. left the most impressions on me. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, same for me. It's one of my favorite movies of all time it's like in my top five i would say mm-hmm. um it's one of those movies that never gets old you know i can watch it over and over again and it's like anytime it's on tv it's one of those you can turn it on and it's there yeah and you just sit down and you want you watch the rest of it you know mm-hmm. um and even to this day even though the the uh, the graphics and everything are not as as good as they are today mm-hmm. i still feel like it's very watchable and it's you know it doesn't take away too much from the reality of the whole you know the whole movie i, I guess like for mm-hmm. me like it's still very enjoyable despite that you know all the CGI. yeah sure. but one of the main things about it that, that i like is that they did incorporate some practical effects as well mm-hmm. you know like mm-hmm. the mechanical t-rex and everything so and I, I feel like that is kind of one of the things that has that was missing from this uh, from Jurassic World. Mm-hmm. So so uh, yeah, like just like you guys too. I don't really remember too much about the second and third one. The third one was horrible. For, uh, I remember watching uh, Lost World Jurassic Park, the second installment. I kind of liked it, you know, when it came out, just because you know I was really excited and I was holding on to that, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that that excitement from the first one and everything, and mm-hmm. and I kind of brought it into that second one, and it was kind of cool to see a T Rex. You know, walking around, you know, an urban area yeah. and things like that. So that part I really enjoyed. Um, if you asked me to explain what the storyline was and everything else, I wouldn't be able to do that because I forgot a lot of it. Yeah, I think <laughs> wasn't the whole like motivation for that second one to get to get Sam Neill to go back? Like, wasn't his like ex wife like there? So he's like, yeah, I don't ever go back to that Actually, actually it all came back to me. No, now we're blurring the two again because yeah. that was the third one. <laughs> No, the third one's Taylor Leone, isn't it? The, the, the second third, movie yes. is to bring uh, again. I slit his name slipped my mind, even though he's like Sam Neill. No, uh, Jeff, Goldblum? Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum, Jeff Goldblum it, the best, but his name slipped my mind. Yeah, uh, Jeff Goldblum's ex-wife or ex-girlfriend, the mother of one of his children, is okay. there. That she's Taylor Leone, then. I guess. No, that's no. Taylor Leone's in the third okay, movie. Okay, so yeah, that's all. <laughs> that all makes. It's um. Girl she just won an Oscar. This year, Julianne Moore. Julianne Moore. Oh, Julianne, yes. Julianne Moore's in the second trial? Yeah. yeah. I do not remember that. <laughs> she's uh, like an animal photographer or something, and she's going there to photograph the dinosaurs. All right. And, then this, and this, this one is on a different island altogether, right? It's not on like the yeah. Costa Rican island. Uh, yeah, it's like Isla Cerna and Isla... Yeah, uh, it's like, yeah, it's like, it's like an yeah, offshoot island of it. Right. Okay. Wait, how did they get on a different island? They, they opened up another place. Oh. Yeah, it was like a secret one that wasn't they oh. didn't know about. Yeah. Also, the dra- the, this, this Jurassic World is the first one where the park's actually fully built and operational. All the other right. ones have been like, we're almost open, yeah. but we're not there yet. Right, yeah. which is, I guess, to kind of get to something I was saying before we started recording is, I don't know if they're just kind of ignoring the second and third yeah. films. I almost feel like they kind of have to to justify a park being open in the fourth movie. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, that would be so insane. Yeah. If, if you, they've tried this multiple times and it has ended in horror. Yeah, the, the, like, like the whole scene where uh, Jake Johnson's like wearing the old school, like the, the original Jurassic uh-huh. Park yes. shirt, and she's like, take that off. Like, I was like, that's pretty funny. I right. Know. And now, I, that was yeah, totally... I like, for if you existed in that world, that would be in really poor taste. Yeah, yeah. People were like murdered like, people there. People were murdered there, but we still open up this theme park. That right. Has a, and mm-hmm. like, that scene to me was kind of, uh, I felt like it was kind of their, them kind of trying to, talk about the uh, the rest of the series like hey yeah. you know like this is like why are you wearing that old t-shirt and, and Jake Johnson's like kind of defending it but, uh, like you know like I felt like it was kind of a statement about why they're making a new movie too and... yeah that was, well, I mean that was kind of the running joke of the whole entire movie like it, mm-hmm. it for me it kind of, not, not to jump too far ahead into the into the movie but like it kind of worked for me and it kind of didn't like they were like you know they, they have these investors coming from Verizon or whatever, and they like they're like people want to see like newer, faster, shinier dinosaurs. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's almost like a meta so now, on the Yeah, yeah. So, like, so they have this new this new hybrid, this genetically modified spoiler alert mm-hmm. dinosaur they built, and uh, so like that's like that's a, a play on that. And then, she, then like they, you know they have a uh, Ron Howard's daughter is talking, and she's like talking about how like we need sponsors to pay for things, and she's holding a Starbucks cup like right. like in the screen, you're like. No, you're getting like way too meta. Like it's like an op- episode of Community. It's just getting weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right about that. 
So this movie, I actually really enjoyed it though. Mm-hmm. You know, despite all that, you know, the product placement and all the yeah. stuff that you're talking about, I had a lot of fun with it. And and it's I'm, maybe I'm a sucker for it, mm-hmm. but as soon as that song kicked in, when the little kid when they get to the park, yeah, um, and the two boys get to get to the park and they're going through their room and he opens it. Uh, the doors to the balcony and you just see everything and the, just like the that Jurassic Park theme just kind of blares the John Williams yeah. door and it was in. just like uh, I was like I was in it I was like, like oh man like I just it just warned me it was like, one of the it was one of the like their first kind of like for that scene cause like the, in the other three Jurassic World or Jurassic Parks when they do the like the opening theme song it's always and they're showing like the majestic of the dinosaurs mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and this one he opens the thing and it shows the theme park so it's like oh yeah. so this is now about the theme park it's no yeah. longer about like the cool science <laughs> like, it's about, and then it cuts to, like the world like we need to make money for this theme park it's like mm-hmm. oh, okay so I get what they're trying to do here now yeah it's, it's a cool little thing yeah I thought the fact that there was it was a working theme park was really cool like yeah. the idea of it's like the wish fulfillment. Like, what does a future theme park look like? What is yeah. Because it? it's so futuristic and weird, even though there are, as I'll probably get to later, like weird problems with like them not having technology that we have now in this futuristic okay. park. But uh, I thought it was really great to see like what, as someone who was like, I, I remember going as a little kid to see Jurassic Park, mm-hmm. and then you walk out of it and that was already like this huge merchandising machine built around yeah. the film. You wanted to own everything that you saw in the yeah. movie, like in their gift shop. And to like you, you fantasize about what that park would be like, what it would be like to be able to go see mm-hmm. dinosaurs in that theme park. Mm-hmm. And this is like was the first film in the series that actually kind of realized that, yeah, and showed you what it was like. And they had cool things like the petting zoo or the yeah. kitchen right oh, around yeah. and triceratops, the triceratops, and, yeah. Which was a scene which was originally cut out of the very very first Jurassic Park. Was oh it? really? Yeah, they ah. actually had a. They spent a bunch of time making this like CGI kid riding a triceratops or some sort of like baby dinosaur, and then they. uh they finished it, and Steven Spielberg was like, oh, it slows the pace down too much, and they cut it out. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, the first one worked, so yeah. I thought it. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's cool. I mean, it was something that that helped this movie out a little bit, too, you know? Mm. But, yeah, like, the, I just, I I really enjoyed it. Um, I thought Chris Pratt was great, and Bryce Ellis Howard was really good, too. And I love, the kids are really good, too, you know? Mm-hmm. And I yeah. feel like it, it, we talk about it before on the show. Whenever, whenever like the main characters are kids, or when the kids have a large role in the movie, it can really take away from it. Like their their performance is huge because you, they want to be, you know, you want those kids to be convincing. And I feel like they got two really good kid actors that emoted, you know, and mm-hmm. like, made you feel. And, and 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 their relationship with each other was was kind of touching you know like it was kind of cliche in the beginning where it's like the older brother has just yeah he's you just know like girls he's and... went to girls yeah. and he's like dude, thinks everything is lame uh-huh. and the little boy that's very sensitive but I, you know i like the the like the chemistry those two kids had overall yeah. in the movie and, it worked, worked, yeah. they worked as yeah. brothers. and they never really became cloying or annoying mm-hmm. and, which is always a danger when you're dealing with kids because you yeah. want you want to root for them mm-hmm. Uh, I even felt even maybe less so than the first film. I, I was, I was less bothered by the kids. Oh, I love the kids in the first movie. Yeah, I didn't yeah. like. I, I, I actually kind of liked. I found these kids more believable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they definitely got like the the whole like tech crazy like kids are selling like, computers and iPhones and like. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I bought the stuff about him like being the older brother just because he's at that age where he's yeah, exactly. obsessed. That's all he could think about is girls. And, right. <laughs> and I, I found like their kind of relationship, how it progresses throughout the movie felt natural to me. And Yeah, no, it worked really, really well. One thing that did kind of bother me about that though is how one of the major plot points, well not necessarily plot point I guess, I guess one of the major things that they used to influence you to get attached to these kids is the relationship between the parents. You know, there's mm. that scene where they're the kid's like in in the train and he's crying and it's like it's it was used as a like it was a mechanism to try to get you more attached to them and build their relationship right yeah. by saying that, again that by felt saying, natural to me like it felt natural to me because even in that scene he's like looking right. at no, the no. girls I get and that. then it's kind of like my brother's hurting and it doesn't seem like he's overdoing it my, yeah. my thing is that there was I guess this might be kind of felt smaller, manipulative or but what? yeah cause, because there was never a payoff to that 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 yeah, whole thing they, about their parents mm-hmm. never you know, it was nothing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm gonna say yeah. if you haven't seen it yet, spoiler alert coming up. Yeah. Like the uh the like the ending ending, like and they had like the thing I was like, was this whole like near death experience supposed to bring the parents back together? I was like, that's right. yeah. a, that's a little bit of a cop stretch, like right. uh-huh. they're but getting divorced. Now they're like, We're gonna have you family now. Yeah. Like, the kids almost died. They don't explicitly. Because you have a terrible sister and an aunt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
But that's the thing. You never... Nothing yeah. ever material. And I almost feel like they can. It's not like they can. Like like you're saying, they did kind of like... They seem very emotional and they were like yeah. very loving towards each other. But I don't know if that means they, their marriage is fixed. I would... I would hope it doesn't because it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's uh, one of those, like, that's a stretch if that's what they're trying to right, say. Right, yeah. So that's why I feel like leaving it ambiguous is a good thing. And I almost feel like they put the divorced parents thing in there because I realized when, when the movie started, it was an Amblin entertainment film. Yeah. Like, every Amblin entertainment, yes. every movie has, like, a divorce. Or yeah, a divorcing yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's true. I was, I was thinking about <laughs> the same like thing when that happened. I was like, oh, <laughs> I get it. Oh, yeah, of course. Their parents like are gonna we're going to We're going to kill Jaws, but we're going to have divorced parents in here. <laughs> Which one of them was David Wallace yeah. from The Office? If you're, if you're oh yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> it's so it's so David distracting, Wallace. right? Like yeah. to me, it was like I just saw him as David Wallace yeah. the whole time. Uh, really? So yeah. yeah. Well, that's when I when I finally saw uh, um, Chris Pratt in the what was the SEAL Team Six movie or whatever he was in. Oh, uh, uh, Zero Dark Thirty. Zero Dark Thirty. That's what totally threw me off. I was like, that's Andy Dwyer. Really? Like he's not a Navy <laughs> SEAL. <laughs> yeah, I think if you would have saw him. In Guardians of the Galaxy before that, yeah, yeah. knowing how in shape he was and everything, he yeah. would be more like, like he was in Moneyball too, and he was he was like starting to get in shape. Yeah, I was like, all right, I can yeah. see it. But uh, that's one thing I have to say. Like, I, I, like this movie was a great, fun, like summer popcorn movie. I think it was really like did that hit nailed in the head. I think. Yeah, I wanted to see more of Chris Pratt. Like he like not more of him, but like it seems like his, the role he was playing could have been like any generic Hollywood guy. Like there was nothing about it that was like that's a Chris Pratt. Yeah, character. you know what? Right, right. I totally yeah. agree. I feel like he was really reined in yeah. in his role. He wasn't allowed to be as charismatic as yeah. he usually is. Like I was kind of expecting like a Star Lord kind of joking kind of thing. It was like, no. oh no, just like a random. You could have been Chan- Channing Tatum, or you could have been like any other dude who's out right now. Like exactly. And I, yeah. I like this movie. Yeah, but I, it has a lot of problems. I think. Yeah. And, and what you're saying uh, plays like one of my biggest problems in the movie, and that is that his relationship and Bryce Dallas Howard's relationship is so like it feels so outdated almost. Mm-hmm. That yeah, we don't portray uh, relationships like that anymore. Yeah. Or evolutions in relationships like that anymore. And his character, both of their characters, I think, are both kind of one-dimensional. His he's like the tough guy who's kind of charming, mm-hmm. but yeah. And it almost weirdly for him because it seems like. A character that he doesn't even usually play it gets it gets away from his right. kind of thing where he is more warm and charming and cuddly yeah. and, and sweet guy. Whereas this, where he's playing almost like a classic movie uh, action movie, yeah. yeah. And, then, and, then, and because of his character, the way he's kind of arced, and when he has that weird scene where like that dinosaur is dying in the middle of the field, and they like uh, stop their mm-hmm. whole adventure to save these kids, like. I, I was thinking about this. Like, I was like, like, go save the kids. I was like, go. Like, the dinosaur's dead. You're not going to save like, it. I was like, all right, I get they're trying to say, like, he cares for these animals. I was like, this is just a weird way to do it. Like, yeah. we, kind of, we kind of gathered he likes animals from the whole raptor exchange. And right. Yeah. That. Like, we don't well, I think this... that scene was more to humanize her or kind of bring her yeah, right. yeah, yeah. into thinking that, about yeah. them as, as animals. Yeah, because of... the whole time she was always saying, but it was like, just like, she's like, weird, like the like... stuff shirt businesswoman thinking yeah. about the numbers and whatnot. Well, then they, they kind of show that too when she's like walking and she like walks through the holograms and doing like, it's just like, Right. Just a display. Yeah, you're right. Like, That's, kind of marches yeah. through the animals like, oh, yeah, she like, did it over and it's over all, again. All commodity. Who cares? I I need. I feel like I need to defend the whole Chris Pratt thing a little bit, mm-hmm. only because I feel like this movie is not about him. It's mostly about the kids, right? The only thing is that you're going into watching this movie because he's such a big star now. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're pushing him and they're advertising of the movie. So they want people to go watch the movie, so they're throwing Chris Pratt in your face the whole time. Mm-hmm. But he's not really supposed to be the main focus of the movie. He's just I, he's just one of those tools that they're using to get people into the theaters. I feel like, so I feel like it's more guess, about... That. Maybe that's you know the case in the script, but I feel like the movie loves him. Yeah. Like, it's so, it's, it's so intent on building him up mm-hmm. and showing him mm-hmm. as this heroic figure. I, yeah. I feel like, I, like Colin Trevorrow, the director, I feel like he just wanted... Pratt in every scene if he could yeah, <laughs> yeah. I do I mean, like that he brought along Jake Johnson for this movie because his, his little ad libby parts are pretty funny <laughs> that was my exact. that's what I wanted from this film there are so many like there are so many moments of like yeah. of him doing action movie things and then her like being the swooning woman yeah which seems so out of date now it was, it was the great Jake Johnson yeah. thing yeah. was like so that's 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 which, what we should be doing my favorite moment in the film my favorite moment in the film is like when he goes to kiss the other girl from the oh. day, which which was <laughs> Laura Lapkus yeah Laura Lapkus which wasn't oh. which was an improv wasn't even in the script it wasn't no that was, oh, that was completely, oh, wow. he, let the, he let them just kind of like riff for a little bit and uh, he went in for the that kiss and great. she was like I have a boyfriend I was like that's the best thing yeah, right. it's totally making fun of the terror 
terrible, like, yeah. exactly. forced kiss that Chris Pratt and that girl had. They were like, all right, this is the action film. Like, yeah. it, it makes sense now that you say like, that, yeah. that was ad libbed or yeah. it was improv because mm-hmm. I guess it were... seems to go against what the rest of the movie is doing. Yeah, yeah. so I guess they were, they were actually supposed to kiss for real, and then uh-huh. she was like, no, no, I have a boyfriend. And they were like, oh, yeah, that was fantastic. Why doesn't that ever happen in a movie? Yeah. He's like, I love that. His reply is like, the best, like, Oh, you never mentioned before. She's like, "Why would I? I'm at work." <laughs> that's that like, that's that so great. good. Uh, yeah, that was pretty great. Just overestimating um, the relationship. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, you're right. Like the whole relationship between Chris Pratt and Bryce Ellis Howard. Like, as soon as it's that cliche thing where it's like we have this guy coming in and you see her roll her eyes when they say the name. Like, oh, obviously they've been in a relationship. Yeah, they, they, they tried to fit in that whole like yeah. they went on one date once. Yeah. Like, like uh, they kind yeah. of justify it, and I was like, uh, oh, here we go. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, it was still a fun movie. Yeah, I mean, um, it's in the end, it's still a, a dinosaur chase shooting movie. So right, it was right. Fun. Yeah, <laughs> but another thing though, like I just wish, like I kept waiting for that that like those practical effects too, and I feel like. Mm-hmm. It kind of bothers me that we're so heavily reliant on CGI now, you know? Like, yeah. Especially when it, like, that's what I like about the first one, is, like, the, even though the, the T-Rex wasn't perfect, that mechanical T-Rex, and, mm-hmm. and like, there are moments when you're watching the original, you can you can tell, like, the way the movement of the head sometimes is kind of mechanical. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I, I feel like I, I enjoyed it. That was kind of, like, one of the, the you know, one, the charms of the movie, I guess, you know? And... and that was missing from this movie because everything yeah. you just know it's fake. It's like, well, what is he holding? I wonder what he's actually petting. I wonder what's there. Mm-hmm. You know, like so. Like I, I wonder what they use in place of that, and, and it's a little distracting because you know you're separated. Yeah, you, you separate yourself from the actual experience because mm-hmm. of it. So I would just wish they had a little more. Um, I will practical. say that I did do miss practical stuff, but like this yeah. is the so Stan Winston who did the effects for the first. Two, maybe first three. He passed away two years oh, ago. Really? Mm. Uh, Hence, like, that's one of the restaurants in that like the little like museum shop like thing. Not the Jimmy Buffett. It was there was like a little cafe. <laughs> there was a cafe called Winston's, which was an homage to Stan Winston who did the original oh, feature really? effects. Oh, yeah, he, nice. I think he died last year, two years ago. Dang. So that's kind of so that's kind of cool to see like a little homage to him. Him and and, and Attenborough, they had him. Mm-hmm. They had a statue for Attenborough in there too. Mm. I didn't even notice that. Yeah, yeah. She, he Did you notice that? Yeah, that was uh, they, the camera kind of pans up to show you it. Mm. Yeah, hero shot. But and yeah, then, I, I thought like. And then she the wears all white as he one. wears all white. Uh, uh, Howard wears all white. Ah, he wears yeah, all white. Yeah, yeah, so it was kind of like that. a little homage to that. But it was kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. I, this, the way they use the CG in the first movie, everybody talks about how it holds up, and it's because it's like there's a T Rex, but it's in the rain, so you're yeah, your your views are a little obscured, exactly. And I think the darkness. I I've always noticed this in, in movies and darkness. Like helps, the yeah. darkness is probably the biggest thing that helps CGI because you know it just obviously hides a lot. They're of just those. so yeah. confident now, and and to be fair, the see like the the computer generated dinosaurs in this movie are extraordinary. Well, they right, really you're right. Like they the turd, the turd actual <laughs> thing at the end is awesome. Yeah, yeah, like, the it's turd, so well done. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like I said, it was fun. I was into it, and and I was I actually just like I mentioned before, I, I just watched this a couple of hours ago too. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though it wasn't like a packed theater, it was still a pretty you know decent sized crowd and yeah. everything, and and everyone was into it. And that's kind of one of the reasons why I love going to watch movies too is like in and being in larger crowds because you you get a little you get a you know some of that rubs off on you. The, yeah. Everyone's kind of uh, enjoyment of it, their laughter, and and you know. You can hear people will, like jump when they get scared. So, like, yeah, it kind of like helps enhance the whole experience. See, yeah, so. it's like it's like seeing a horror film or like a comedy with like, with an audience, and you like go home and not, or you know here here it's really really great, and you go like watch your house by yourself, and you've never seen it before, and you're like it wasn't that good. Like, <laughs> yeah, you, you, right. Whole yeah, audience experience that's yeah. you know, that makes it that much yeah. better. Yeah, it's a popcorn action film. It yeah. doesn't have like it doesn't have maybe the same awe inspiring theme of the first. Yeah. Film. yeah. The first film seems to focus so much on awe, like, mm. like fam- you know, the famous Spielberg zoom where he cuts in a, yeah. zooms in a person's face as they're experiencing something they've never seen before, mm-hmm. or something that's like blowing yeah. their mind. Yeah. yeah, I guess that's that's one of the themes. I think we, like people, we've, we've all seen these dinosaurs now. Like now we need to make yeah. them more right. inspiring. Like that's yeah. the whole, I guess, the running theme of the well, movie. It's like the theme, and not to get too much in the spoilers, I referenced it earlier. The idea that I mean, I don't know how we're handling spoilers for this, but I just yelled <laughs> spoiler, right? <laughs> just Stop just, listening this now. <laughs> so much on your the viewers' nostalgia for the first, yeah, one, especially, yeah, and especially as the movie goes along, it like really focuses on that, yeah. And for does. someone, as I said before, who has such an attachment to the first film, that really played to me. Mm-hmm. So 
with all the flaws that this movie has, and there are numer- they are numerous and 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 serious, I think. But uh, I still really really enjoyed it. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I had a good time watching it. It was very think, fun. Yeah. To speak on the, the the flaws that the one that bothered me the most, I'm just gonna get right into it. <laughs> yeah. So they have this new giant crazy hybrid dinosaur, uh-huh. and they're, they're they're building these new. All right, we haven't even talked about that. Yeah, sure. they're they're building these new giant walls because they because they said it wasn't secure enough. Yeah. Then they have one lone out of shape security guard <laughs> <laughs> sleeping at a switch eating yeah. a sandwich. Like, really? Like that's the. You have all this crazy security, and then you have like this one dude who's just like, my walkie-talkie doesn't work, which is another whole thing. I just a terrible premise. Like the walkie-talkies uh, don't work. Like you're in a like a billion-dollar theme park island, yeah. and your walkie-talkies don't work. It's like yeah. right. there's on. a lot. Like there's a lot of like weird so tragic problems in this yeah, movie. Yeah. Yeah. And like the idea that they would develop this dinosaur, but then they would feel the need to keep all of its capability secret, or yeah, what, yeah. Mm-hmm. what its genetics are. Mm-hmm. Like the, the fact that there's like a reveal, and I get the idea of keeping that one thing secret yeah, yeah. for the reveal later because it's like it's like it's a moment in the film. Yeah, but it's it seems kind of ridiculous that they would not tell it things that you would need to know if you were going to house and yeah, yeah this it, exactly. Yeah. Like they just let BD Wong like do whatever you want to do. It'd be crazy, right? <laughs> and, and don't yeah. tell us what it does. Yeah, you're right. You're right about that. And then they had like that cool like it changes colors, but then yeah. like it didn't have any any sort of payoff whatsoever. It was just like <laughs> actually it did for for one scene mm-hmm. when, when they're cranking it and they go out yeah. into the jungle. When the guy finds a tracker on the floor, oh yeah, I guess. comes out of the tree. I guess yeah, I guess yeah. you're right. I guess yeah, I just didn't really think about it that way. That's the one time I think <laughs> it does it does do it. But it seemed to have a new superpower for every scene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean. A lot of people fun, were, like, upset about the fact that they invented a dinosaur for this movie. Really? That was kind of, like, the reaction when they first announced that this, there was this yeah. movie. Yeah. Well, I think, I think a lot of people thought it was going to be that giant, like, whale dinosaur thing, which is based on a real dinosaur oh, they uh-huh. recently found, which I didn't realize Shit. until... Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Cool. All right, well... Yeah, but I thought, that, like, that was funny just because in the first movie, like, they just kind of invented the raptors that they use. Yeah. Like, apparently raptors were actually, like, the size of, like, a Labrador... Yeah, they're they're a little little smaller, tinier, more ferocious. Oh, kind of. That takes away from it, huh? And of course, they weren't geniuses. So. Yeah, well, then, like, that's like that's the that's the second one, right? Where they they develop like they becomes like smart and intuitive. That's yeah. the second, like <laughs> well, the first yes. one they figure well, out open, door, open doors. Right, yeah. Yeah. I, well, I will say like I did like in the Jurassic, uh, the new one, Jurassic World. Mm-hmm. Getting get them all confused now. Uh, <laughs> when they when they do go back to like the old Jurassic Park theme park in that one scene and like. They have like the uh, like you could see like the old like raptor cage and they kind of like that. That was kind of cool. Oh yeah, yeah. like yeah. everything from the first movie. I thought it was funny that the Picks kids with the were, goggles like, and the like, kids find that like, that was such a great moment. Yeah, yeah. things like that for someone who has an attachment to the first film. Yeah, and then they find the jeeps and the kids are like, hey, remember that summer we fixed jeeps? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah and you're like, okay, yeah. And then it's yeah. and it's also the two jeeps from the first movie, right? Yes. Which it's I, number eighteen and number twenty-two. Them finding it is. that area with the like the banner hanging that yeah, fell yeah. over the yeah, T-Rex the, the, at the end the, of the movie, like right just rolled Earth or whatever. That was all like that was playing right to the audience. They yeah, knew yeah. They were doing straight pure sure. nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then of course, are we going to go into like discuss the ending or no? Um, it's up to you. I think we should skip skip, skip it. Okay. Or, or do you want? What do you want to say about? I it? will say the Jimmy Buffett cameo was really <laughs> awesome. <laughs> With the two drinks, yeah. yeah. That was fun. Like that's yeah. another like the thing that I liked about the movie is how much fun it was having yeah. with the, like this all going wrong. Yeah, that's <laughs> when, when the pterodactyls come. When they yeah. get loose. When they get There's loose, a guy running with the a couple of uh, yeah. watch, watch for Jimmy Buffett. He's in there somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's like not letting go of those drinks. <laughs> it was so quick too. Yeah. Right. But uh, everybody caught it because the, like, the camera frames it well. Yeah, like, yeah. 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 It's like a, it's like a, it's like a bad Stan Lee cameo, but it's Jimmy Buffett. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah. I didn't even notice that it was him. I just saw a guy in like a, a, a Jimmy Buffett shirt. t-shirt. Yeah. A Jimmy Buffett shirt. All right, well, I guess uh, we'll, we'll, we still got a game to play, so um, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the ending real quick then for mm-hmm. a couple minutes. So right. If you haven't seen the movie, you know, fast forward the next like five minutes or mm-hmm. so, right? Um, so we're going to talk about the ending. Spoilers. Spoilers. All right. All right. What do you want to say, Mike? Uh, I kind of love that. As, as strictly as a nostalgia play, I don't yeah. know about uh, how people might be upset with the logic of it, but the idea, like her, yeah. her going and getting the flares, which is yeah. an obvious callback, yeah. to drawing the the T Rex's attention, mm-hmm. and then and then having kind of the old big bad, yeah, yeah, who was like the savior in the first movie, yeah, come fight the new big bad, yeah. And then like his like winning back the the Velociraptors or at least blew the head Velociraptor, mm. yeah. and yeah. like having them team up to take him down was was 
Yeah, that was, that was awesome. Was that was pretty cool. I I can see why people would think it's a little cheesy and everything. Uh-huh. Like especially, I don't know. I guess for younger people that aren't too familiar with, that probably never even watched the first one, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like, there's a, I'm sure there's a lot of younger kids that are uh, teenage kids, whatever, whatever, and like kind of the same age even we were when we were going uh, to the, to the movie theater watch like the second and third one mm-hmm. um, if we didn't have that attachment to the first one we would have thought it was horrible right <laughs> so I feel like there's kids younger people that are going to watch this that see that ending and it's like what the hell is going on like who is this T-Rex and then also like to them it's like what like what's happening you know and, and mm-hmm. I could see them being like that's kind of a weird cop out to the ending of of the movie right mm-hmm. yeah. like they just pulled out this T-Rex out of nowhere and he's fighting this hybrid you know so I can kind of see how people would have a problem with it for me like you when I saw that flare I knew exactly like what was happening yeah, I, really. I, like even when she ran away I knew what was going to happen even when though got, interestingly we know that's not true of Tyrannosaurus Rex yeah. anymore like mm-hmm. the science has advanced to the point where we know that's not the case yeah that they they can see you when you're not moving yeah yeah, yeah. but never and it's funny they actually addressed something like that earlier in the film when Bryce Dallas Howard is talking to B.D. Wong Mm-hmm. And she's like, how can you make dinosaurs or should you be uh, uh, affecting their genetics to this degree? Mm-hmm. And he references the fact that like dinosaurs had a lot of dinosaurs that were in the first movie had feathers. Yeah. And he's like, but you guys didn't want that. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it kind of explains away yeah, why. Yeah. They, they, right they use their bad movie science to be like, yeah. Yeah. no, yeah. no. To make yeah. up for their bad movie yeah. science in the first <laughs> yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But anyways, yeah, I thought it, you know it was really cool. I love it. It was like Rocky coming out of retirement to find yeah, somebody. Yeah, I, like, I like the I like the old ending. It was like the Rocky fifteen street fight where he's like you know right. sue me for what and he punches him in the face. It's like that, that yeah. kind of vibe. I was like, this is stupid but awesome. Right. Yeah, right, exactly. That's exact. Yeah, that's perfect right there. It was just so awesome. Just so I'm on this, uh, we're all on the same page. Did her assistant? Who is watching the kids? She's not dead, right? No, she died. Yeah, she got eaten. The turd, By the, the turd, turd actually get eaten. The yeah. turd, a pterodactyl picked her up, and then she got dropped into side the dinosaur whale thingy. Well, she was dropped in the tank, but did we see her get eaten? Yeah, I might just missed it. The, the pterodactyl thing lifted like her up, picked her, picked her up and, again, and, and the guy and then, and then jumped up again, and, yeah. then, and then got her. So ah, it got her okay. and the yeah. pterodactyl. Ah, okay. Yeah. Alright, I guess I wasn't... So in the words of Hawk Harrelson, she gone. Oh, okay. She gone. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but... Uh, I, yeah, that was and really that cool. is kind of messed up. She died for being a bad assistant. It's yeah. messed up. That is really <laughs> messed the, up. The terrible aunt lived, but she, the, assistant, <laughs> the assistant paid for her sins. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. The terrible aunt that sent all those swap people in to get eaten by that hybrid, yeah. you know? I was like, how do you all right, come back from we that? Didn't, we didn't talk about that scene at all. Was that just a straight-up aliens rip-off? <laughs> Which <laughs> The, the SWAT team in the jungle, like they all have their cameras on, and oh, you watch yeah, them all yeah. die one by one. And he was like, "This is just a straight up Aliens Two ripoff." I don't mean it's Aliens Two, yeah. just Aliens ripoff. I was like, "This is the whole like." I didn't even think about. They send them into the hot swim. We watch them all on the cameras. You just see yeah. them all blip out one by one. Mm-hmm. And I, was I like, vaguely oh. remember that though from Alien too. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. the first thing I thought. Of. I was like, "Oh, wait. James Cameron's like, hey." hey. <laughs> <laughs> really upset right now. Um, but this movie was also released in 3D, right? Yeah, I saw. Yeah. I saw it. Oh, in, you saw it. In 3D. I saw it in 3D IMAX. So, what do you think? Is it worth checking out in 3D IMAX, or is it just regular standard? It just see it regular standard. The 3D, standard. the 3D. It was cool. It was one of the better like 2D made into 3D movies I've seen this year. But mm-hmm. uh, it wasn't wasn't worth the extra like twelve dollars yeah. we get to pay oh, for the, God, the 3D yeah. experience. You watched it at uh, Navy Pier. No, or I saw it. They have 3D IMAX at uh, the Western ah. Regal Cinema deal. I think. Ah, okay. Is. So it's. Fomax, right? Or yes. Limax? Limax. Yeah. <laughs> but it was cool. It was, yeah. 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 All right. So I think this is an easy answer for all of us, but where would you rank it in the four movies? I guess second, I guess. Yeah, I'm going to go with a, <laughs> a distant second, a, probably. But Yeah, a distant second from the first yeah. one, but it's definitely. I don't really don't remember three. Other than the girl kicking the, the raptor in the, the gymnastic singer <laughs> yeah. to kick the raptor in the face. Uh, that's so ridiculous. That's all yeah, I remember. So and then, yeah. So, yeah. Two yeah. for yeah. sure. And as Same macho thing. as Chris Pratt is in this movie, he is not as self-consciously sexy as Jeff Goldblum was in the first movie. <laughs> Just swaggering <laughs> the shirt open <laughs> in every yeah. scene possible. Goldblum is always good. Yeah. Yeah. I, was, I was hoping for a Goldblum appearance, but it did not happen. Me too. I was <laughs> hoping for Sam Neill. Well, or... Goldblum, Goldblum did have a, a semi... He's when he the kids on the tram reading the book, it's yeah. Jeff Goldblum's book. Oh, I oh, didn't see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't see that. They, they, huh. they did a few little like 
throwback Easter egg kind of things like that. Like he's reading Goldblum's book. Oh, okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. Didn't catch chaos that. theory. Well, they, right. there's the homage to the chaos theory too. Mm-hmm. If you didn't, if oh. you caught that, like no, the, I didn't see that he does either. that. He does that. The Joe Goldblum does the two little water yeah, droplet things, and then when the guys in the jungle and the the, the helicopter pilot and the, the blood drips on his arm, uh, and the blood, blood drops go separate directions. Uh. They definitely respected the first movie. They, yeah, for there, sure. There was nothing else. <laughs> there was no homages to the two and three. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that, that pretty much uh, brings us to the end of our discussion for Jurassic World. And when we come back, we're going to play a quick little trivia game. Woo! Alright guys, we're back and before we close out the show, we're going to play a quick trivia game. Um, you guys are familiar with it, they have listened before. Um, we don't have a name for it, but it's a, a, a trivia game in which I use a robot voice to sing famous movie songs. Um, so you guys, Mike, Jason, have to, um, whoever raises their hand first when I play this song, you have to you have to name the song, name the artist, and the movie it's from. Wow. So so there's three possible points for each for each one of these, okay? And at the end, there's gonna be five songs that I'm gonna play. Um, at the end, you know, you're, you're the victor, whoever has the most points, right? Okay. And regarding stealing, is it if like I get the name if I get like the name of the song, but then I don't know the artist and, right. and film can. The other person steal it or no? Right, exactly. Or like so take whatever. Those points right. Right. Yes. So the, you can steal points if the other person takes too long to figure out the rest of it. Then you can the, the other person can steal the the rest of it. All right. So you guys ready to do this? As ready as I'm gonna be. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here we go. The first song. Never meant to cause you any sorrow. I never meant to cause you any pain. I only wanted one time to see you laughing. I only want to see you laughing in the purple rain. Purple rain. Purple rain. <laughs> <laughs> My dear, <laughs> the film is Purple Rain. <laughs> he said it like eight times. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I'm gonna go Prince and Purple Rain for the name of the song. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's fair. It, it goes so fast, right? Yeah, it's like... <laughs> it goes really fast. Um, but yeah, it is Purple Rain, Prince, and Purple Rain, the movie. Um, so three points for Mike. Excellent. <laughs> so it's really hard to determine. I was split seconds behind him on that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Number two. That's totally like, I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, all right. Actually <laughs> said the name. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I know it's really hard. All right. Round two. All right. Are you ready? Here we go. Wait, no, hold on a second. <laughs> Another commercial. <laughs> oh, no, dang it. I still had to mute it. <laughs> I'll do it again. Oh, wait, it should be finished soon. <laughs> what? Ready? They never get tired of putting me down, and I'll never know when I come round. What I'm gonna find, don't let them make up your mind. Don't you know, girl, you will be woman soon. Oh, it's uh, Urge Overkill, Girl of Your Woman Soon, Pulp Fiction. Damn, you got it, dude. Wow, that was good. That's Thank impressive. Because uh, I thought that was going to be really hard for you guys. Well, there's, you yeah, there's a line in there that immediately got me. But yeah. yeah. I think you had it before. You definitely had it before. <laughs> yeah, good job, man. Thank All you. right. 
So we're not at up at three, right? And that actually was one of the, a song that was recommended to me by uh, by Mark Mullins, a friend of ours, because um, I asked him, I was like, "Hey, what are some of your favorite movie soundtrack, you know, songs?" And he was like, "You got to do that one." Yeah. So, all right, thanks, Mark. All right, so this is round three. <clears throat> we're tied up three to three. When he goes back to his mobile home, that's when it's back to the lab again. Do this whole rhapsody. He better go capture this moment and hope it don't pass him. You better lose yourself in the music. The yeah. moment you yeah, yeah, Mike. That's uh, from Eight Mile. From it's Eminem, and it's Lose Yourself. Yeah, yeah, look at that. Nice. You got it. I was like, I was like, oh, he got it. He already raised his hand. All right, so six to three. Mike is in the lead. Dang, I'm surprised you guys are like getting these like really quickly, actually. Well, we're both really smart, and that's really easy. <laughs> Technically, it's by Rabbit. Just throwing it out there. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. It's by his character. It was actually... It's by Rabbit. In real life, it was written by CeeLo Green. <laughs> round three. All right. No, this is round four, right? Yeah, yeah it's round, yeah, four. Yeah, round, yeah, four, yeah. round four. So Mike is up six... To three. Here we go. Oh, wait. <laughs> I forgot to I literally just said that. I know, I know, I know, I know. Hold on. It's fine, it's fine. I just have to wait for it to play. These pretzels are making me thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Here we go. Ready? Yes. Six to three. Mike in the lead. Round four. He sat in her booter while she freshened up. White rank all that magnolia wine on her black satin sheets is where he started to free. Yeah, da 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 yeah, It's yeah. <laughs> I knew what it was before that. Go ahead. It's, it's Lady Marmalade. Uh huh. Um, and then there's like nine artists on it. If you want to do the Moulin Rouge version, so it's Moulin Rouge. So it's you can name one artist: Christina Aguilera, Missy yep. Elliott, and there's a bunch of other people yep. on there too. Mia, Pink, and. Little Kim, I think. Yeah, little Kim. Right, right, yeah, yeah. There we go. All night and up. At first, I was like, "It's Aretha Franklin," but that's not the version <laughs> that, that was in that, that was in that movie. <laughs> oh man, good job, guys! You guys are really killing this game. Um, yeah, Baz Luhrmann. You guys are good, man. You guys Ugh. are good. I'm not a fan. A so, Baz? Yeah. Yeah. I, with the Moulin Rouge, like I watched that, and I like after like the like the first 10 minutes there's like 375 cuts and I'm just like well I'm exhausted and I'm like only 10 minutes into this movie <laughs> like, what is going on yeah like I get his his showmanship is fun but like mm-hmm. I, overall it's his movie making I'm just like ah. Romeo and Juliet was cool and then yeah although I saw that when I was younger so I don't know if that's really yeah I, mean, I haven't gone back if to I'm judging it, it fairly yeah but I, yeah, I, like everybody. Like I tried watching the, the what was it, what was it, like the last two ones you did in like Australia or whatever it was. Gatsby and a movie in Australia. Yeah, yeah. Gatsby was I couldn't get into it at all. Mm. This is gonna be easy. This one should be easy. It's gonna be the hardest one. So it's just gonna be my heart will go on. Damn it! I gotta choose another one. <laughs> just kidding. So this is gonna be really quick, right? It says the title is, in the first two words. It's no, this is going to be pretty easy, but uh, I guess we'll see. Oh, unmute. All right. All right, here we go. This is it, because you guys are on that and up, right? 6-6. Six, six. Yeah. Last mm. round. And go. Unbelievable sights, indescribable feelings, soaring, pumping, flat, ran, endless, diamond, sky, whole new world. Don't you dare close your eyes. A hundred thousand things to see. Hold your breath. It gets better. I'm like a shooting star. I've come so far. No. <laughs> it's like, no. I thought you guys were gonna get that. Like, I like I can recognize the, one of the verses, but I have no uh, idea. It was also it also was like a giant word salad. It's all like, <laughs> just together in one one blaze of glory. You might as well run through it again. Oh my god! Okay, I'm gonna choose. I'm gonna pick the chorus now for you guys. Okay, all right. And then that should do it. Like the shooting star line sticking out, but I can't think mm-hmm. of what movie. <laughs> Yeah, that one went really fast, right? Like the... <laughs> <laughs> so here it is. Here's the uh, the chorus. So the new fantastic point of view. No one to tell us no or where to go. We say we're only dreaming, KT. The whole new world, a dazzling place. I never knew, but now from way up here, it's crystal clear that now I'm in a whole new world with you. I'm at a loss for this. Part. Okay. <laughs> yes. Aladdin. <laughs> oh, okay. A whole new world. All right. And uh, I don't have the artist. 
Uh, that's fine. You but I think mathematically that makes it. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. did. You won it. Yeah. A Whole New World, yeah, by Aladdin. And it's performed by Leo Sangola yeah. or Salonga and Brad Kane. I think it's Leo Salonga. Salonga. Right. Yeah. She's uh, staged. Yeah, I remember like the shooting star line, and then I was like, A Whole New World. I was like, I know, I know, I know what it is, but I have no idea because yeah. without the melody, there's the, that's really difficult. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, good job, Mike. Yeah, yeah. congratulations. You, guys, you earned you guys, that one. You earned that one. The both of you guys did really good on Thank that you. one. Yeah, that was really good. All right, so that pretty much does it for this episode. Uh, Sweet. Number forty. <laughs> Seventeen. <laughs> I don't know if the laughing underneath it's going to help you in the edit. But... Yeah, I know. It's fine. It's fine. Um, but yeah, that's it for this episode. Um, Thanks for joining us, Jason. Yeah, thanks for having me. Man, it really appreciate it. It was, it was a lot mm-hmm. of fun. Um, um, I guess if people want to find you, where can people find you on the internets? All right, on the internets, um, you can go to thedjintel.com. That's again, that's thedjintel.com. Or you can uh, Twitter at me or Instagram at me, at djintel. And you also have a podcast, right? I do have a podcast. It's called I Has Podcast. Yes. And you can just go to my website and you can find it. I'm also backslash, uh, Facebook backslash DJ Intel. Try to make it as easy as possible. Cool. What's so, the subject of the podcast? That's oh, a music podcast. It's mostly, like, mostly like music mixes and that sort of thing. Nah, okay. Cool. Yeah. All right. Mike. Uh, find me on Twitter at Mike Gonzalez. It's M-I-K-E-G. M-I-K-E-E. M-I-K-E-G-O-N-Z-A-L-E. You forgot how to spell your own name? It's happened before. Yeah, it totally has happened before. Um, and then you can also find me at the Lopez Twenty Three on Twitter. Um, you can follow my other podcast, uh, Few Brews Podcast, which is at fewbrews dot com. You can find uh, a bunch of posts about beer. If you're into the uh, craft beer industry, you can totally listen there and and hear me and my buddy Tommy talk about beers and have uh, fun guests on the show and everything too. Um, that about does it. Uh, thanks for joining us. Um, the song for this episode is actually going to be from. The Braveheart soundtrack, and it's by the late James Horner, who recently passed away. A quick tribute to the guy. So uh, thank you guys so much for listening, and hopefully you join us next time. Thank you. Cheers. That's it. Dinosaurs. Dinosaurs. (laughs) 